Hi, I'm Amanda Pye. Hi, I'm Randa Jones. And this is Walk Left the Podcast. <laughs> and I'm Marty Janorek. Thanks for joining us. Ladies, welcome. Hello. Hi. I'm excited to talk to you a bit about your 2014 Toronto Fringe show, Gunshot. Before we get to that, though, I'd like to talk a bit about Reactive Dance Theatre. Tell me about the company, Mm -hmm. where it came from, what you're all about. Randa and I, we graduated from Ryerson University's dance program in uh, 2012. And while we were there, we had a lot of choreographic projects. There's Mm -hmm. things like Choreographic Works, which is where the students get to choose their own dancers within the program and they choreograph about five minute pieces. So that's how Randa and I sort of first started working together. We were friends, we'd been friends since high school and we had the opportunity to possibly create a duet. So we started creating this duet which eventually led to us creating new works together in the next year at Ryerson, which then turned into something that's called New Voices Festival at Ryerson where you're allowed to create half an hour works So it's actually a lot like the Fringe Festival. It'll run over a week's time, and it's the actors and the dancers, which you can also involve the production students at the Ryerson Theatre School as well. And we created our first work, which was Knowledge Fuels Revolution. And from there, we graduated, became what we call professional dancers. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we just noticed that the type of work that we wanted to A, see, and B, perform, we weren't really getting, I think, after we graduated. So... There was a lot of things that I felt like we wanted to say, and then um, we started getting small community gigs, sort of, choreographically, Mm -hmm. and then we didn't have a name at this point. We were always just sort of went by, choreographed by Randa and Amanda, Mm -hmm. and they're like, maybe we should uh, get a name. It's a thing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we should call ourselves something, and uh, thus, Reactive Dance Theater. So is there a story behind the, the actual name that you chose? There is. There is. You want to tackle that one? Well... We wanted, with most of our work that, uh, first of all, let me start by saying the special thing about Amanda and I is that we jive so well together. Our ideas and our concepts match and what we want out of dance match, which is why we work together all the time. And we both always are interested in work that is, what's the word I'm looking for, socially. That sort of tackles social issues, but Mm -hmm. also isn't just uh, about fluff. I know that sounds like pretty generic, but... That's about something that's currently happening in our world. And Mm -hmm. uh, we chose the word react because first we wanted something with the letter R for Amanda, the letter A for Amanda. Ah. And we thought the word reactive was perfect because we want to engage our audiences to react to all the social injustices or current events that are happening. So we always try to bring that to the table in our pieces. I think that's pretty important within the dance community in Toronto because I feel like that's that's the reason why we are dancers. I just think that sometimes the idea gets confused and it's sort of like I'm dancing for myself and I'm choreographing and creating this work for myself and sometimes the audience can get left behind and I think that's Reactive's number one priority is the audience. What do we want them to feel? What do we want them to take away from this? What are we trying to share with them? So I think, I think that's generally where the name comes from. Is there a particular sort of type of dance that your choreography comes out of? Mm-hmm. Well, our whole lives, generally, Rand has been dancing since... I was three. Right. I've been dancing since I was about seven. And we train mostly in ballet, jazz, and modern. Once you grow up and you start training more like seriously, I guess, within Ryerson... This thing evolves that's contemporary dance, which is sort of this mold between all of these things. 
and that's generally what you would say our choreography is. Um, yeah, so we, we do modern and contemporary dance. All right, so let's, uh, let's get to Gunshot. Tell me a, a bit about the show. Gunshot sort of came to be, we got into the fringe. We applied to the fringe, yeah. not really counting on it going through. No. You know, because it's a lottery and it's a long shot. We applied last year, actually. Yeah. And we didn't get it. So um, we got it. And I remember being at my restaurant job and crying <laughs> when, when we yeah. opened the email. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I guess it's not that exciting, but for us, it's it was. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, for us, it was. It was. I mean, it wasn't like a bawling my eyes out. My hands a few tears. Yeah. And so then, <laughs> based off of what we were talking about before in Ryerson, we created Knowledge Fields Revolution. That work, it was a little bit, I guess you could say, not fully developed. So we had a half an hour to create this work, and I think Rand and I both agreed that, hey, maybe we want to take this farther. Mm -hmm. Maybe we want to add on to what we were saying. Yeah, That was sort of one idea of what maybe we would do or tackle in the Toronto Fringe. But then that kind of evolved. I know that we entered the process thinking that we were going to somewhat remount it. We knew it wasn't going to be the exact same. But then we started rehearsals, and then it just became its own like beast. It definitely is not anything like Knowledge Fuels Revolution. But the name Gunshot, actually, we didn't have in mind, I would say, probably like... Until like midway through the process. Yeah, like two or three months into rehearsals. <clears throat> but generally, if we could sum it up, I guess, in a few words, the show is about uh, personal revolutions, I guess you would say. The way that we work is in sections. So we'll sort of start with an idea or something choreographic, build on that. Once we finish that, we move on to the next thing. We actually haven't fully completed the structure of the show, even though it's a week and a half away. So we sort of stream those sections together near the end and just sort of see how they fall into place, creating mm -hmm. this one through line. And then how have you sort of divided up the choreographing duties mm. for this? Oh. Yeah. Tackle that one. Well, like I said earlier, Amanda and I are very special. We uh, usually finish each other's sentences in life and in choreography. A lot of the times we will be separated in the room if we're... There's two different ways of choreographing. There's one where you give the dancers a task to complete and then we kind of work off of that. Or we actually create our own choreography and set it on them specifically. And when we're creating our own choreography specifically, we'll either choreographed separately away from each other and nine times out of ten we'll come back and we'll actually find some of the same movements or similar movement qualities between us and it's very easy to kind of merge both separate statements into one and if we're setting if we're giving the dancers a task then uh, we're usually on the same wavelength in terms of what we want from them so what's your starting point then when you separate and are doing your own thing before you bring it together do you start with uh, concepts? Do you start with mm -hmm. a concept and a piece of music? Do you like where? What's your starting point? Definitely a concept. We usually have a little powwow. Okay, what are we going for in the section? Whether it be an emotion or whether it be a word or something um, we want to accomplish in general. I yeah, think. where are we going with it? And I don't think generally we play with music. Sometimes, sometimes there's a piece of music where we're like, oh wow, we need to choreograph to this. Mm -hmm. During this process, I don't think we've experienced that. Uh, we generally start with the idea, play with music that sort of fits the mood of what we're going for, but then we usually don't stick with that music that we've been playing with. The music comes after, but for this process, that's what that's what happened, I think. Yeah. We actually have our own composer this, <laughs> this round, 
So we're using a combination of his music that he sets on our work, specifically for our work. And he's kind of in, in the concept part of the piece. Mm -hmm. And uh, he kind of takes our movement and creates music for it. But then there are also songs that we find that from like pop culture that we feel like we really need to insert into our piece. And the composer is Jeff Ferguson, who we actually went to high school with as well. Yeah. We all went to Cawthra Park Secondary School. It's an arts high school in Mississauga. And uh, we've stayed friends throughout this time. And then we've mu used his music uh, for several projects, smaller projects. And then we thought for this specifically, it might be great to work with someone that way. Mm -hmm. So tell me about how you get your dancers together for this. Do you mm -hmm. work generally with the same dancers or...? How, how did it work for this process? When we graduated and we first started Reactive Dance Theater, we mostly went after the dancers that were closest in our circle. So those mm -hmm. dancers, uh, our peers that graduated with us, the people that were most accessible to us. A, we didn't have money to hire, you know, I don't know, James Kidelka. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we just didn't have money to hire these great dancers. So we worked with our friends and they were willing to work for little or free, which was nice. But then it evolved to a point where, hey, maybe we can actually hold an audition because now we are fundraising and we have the money. We can rent space and hold an audition and um, sort of pick and choose which people we think would be the best to work with. So we actually had our first show last February. We held an audition and we chose four dancers. Um, they were great and we worked with them, created a show. Those dancers we actually are not working with again this time around. It's a whole entire new cast. We've worked with a few of them. Uh, a few of them we went to Ryerson with, so we've worked with before. We've had experience with them in the studio. But this group specifically has not been together before. And we chose eight dancers this time around at our audition. So the Fringe Festival, primarily mm -hmm. known for text-based performance mm -hmm. creations. How do you address, I guess, an, an audience's, the average audience members, maybe not even the average audience member. As an audience member myself at the Fringe, I'm not necessarily familiar with mm -hmm. physical vocabulary the same way I would be with text. How do you, with your mandate of, of getting an audience, putting an audience first, how do you reach out to people who don't have that familiarity with your vocabulary? Well, I think at least our dance movement um, comes, everything's derived from an emotional impetus. And we take a lot of body language, natural body language, pedestrian, as we call it in the modern dance world, body language, and insert it so that it's more accessible so that people may, they may not even realize that why they think they can interpret something as sad, but really it's because the dancer is standing in a certain pose that reflects sad body language with our movement i think it's it's very theatrical mm. that's why we chose the word theater at the end of reactive dance theater we're both very interested in acting as well as dance so throughout this whole process we've made it clear to our dancers that you're not just bodies moving on the stage you're humans you are your people up there and sometimes it's hard to tackle dance in that way because we've been trained our whole lives to sort of sort of be these structures mm -hmm. without without digging too deep emotionally. And I think we strive to get as far away from that as possible and push our dancers in a way that they are able to go up there and just 
be vulnerable to themselves, but also to the audience. So I think for audience members, it's it's just the exact same thing as a going to see a theater show, but it's just generally more physical. I think with dance, when you graduate and when you have the opportunity to go see shows, dancers usually only go to see dance shows. Actors usually only go to see acting shows. If you had a choice, if you had the money and you had $20 for that week to go see a show, you would probably go see the art form that you have the most um, experience with. And usually when you go to a dance show you, and you look around, it's dancers that are in the audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so great about the fringe is that it draws people in that aren't necessarily dance, that aren't necessarily dance fans. Generally the fringe has all of these people that are just incredibly excited about just theater in general. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad that we have the opportunity to be in front of those people. And I think I think it's going to be much different than anything they experience throughout the fringe run because as reactive dance theater we really enjoy and focus on our dancers not only being physical performers but emotional and vulnerable performers and I think that they'll come to the show and possibly experience something that they never have before. Gunshot, part of the 2014 Toronto Fringe Festival. Thanks for joining me ladies. Thanks Thank you very us. much. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have an upcoming Toronto-based performing arts project or production, I want to talk to you about it. Visit walkleft.ca. Gunshot. Uh, Gunshot. Gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was because it's all in capital letters. Yes. Yeah. Gunshot. Okay. <laughs>